Amen. Hi, we're welcoming everyone to Greetings. Uh, one of our midweek service, but also our third installment of Relationship Boot Camp 2021. Mm. Uh, we're going to take some time today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And our topic is going to be sacred covenant. Mm. Um, and so we're going to talk about covenants, obviously, but we're going to talk about uh, covenants, existing covenants, like we're in a covenant now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also going to talk about uh, preparing uh, some of the things you could do to make sure you don't go through what a lot of uh, covenants go through. So it's not just covenants now, but it's covenants to come. Mm. And, and, and this is the thing. We want to spend some time just, uh, we're going to start out talking about marriage, but we're going to weave in marriage for some people, is the end goal or a solid relationship is the end goal. But we're going to talk about how some of the things that that takes place in just our everyday interactions or in our single interactions and even in our youth life and our children li- children or child life, uh, how it's uh, created a momentum. Like the adversary started uh, trying to weave into our uh, lives early to affect um, potential covenants and different things or, or purposes in our lives now. So, you know, our goal is um, hopefully we can return marriage from being reduced to sexy and be, be patient with us as we talk through these things. Um, uh, because when we talk about sex, sex we talk about uh, putting on a character or a, a, a presentation for worldly intent, a worldly intent, and no longer sacred. So going from uh, being reduced to sexy and not sacred. Uh, when we talk about sacred, we're talking about dedicated to God's purpose, dedicated to God's purpose. So hopefully we bring things back into... Uh, the position where God has designed them. That's good. So uh, it's sacred uh, covenant is designed to be holy harmony, mm. holy harmony. So when you when you hear that, what what are you thinking of when you hear that holy harmony? You know, I'm thinking about being in harmony, but in harmony and in agreement. You know, sanctified, mm-hmm. set apart to harmonize, not. Um, you know, not corrupted. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Supernatural intimacy, facilitating agreement, anointing, favor, and blessing. So it's supernatural intimacy, facilitating agreement, anointing, favor, and blessing. So those are some of the, the characteristics of uh, having sacred covenant. And holy harmony. And, and also uh, holy harmony. Uh, intimacy. You know, uh, you always hear me talk about intimacy as into me you see, but, you know, uh, when I think about intimacy in a marriage, I think about how uh, I used to often wonder, uh, why is it that when men would um, be, uh, how can I say this, because we want to be sensitive to our audience out here, Uh, but when men uh, were pleased, let's just say, when men were pleased. No, when when there was an exchange. Yeah, when there was an exchange and Uh and they were pleased, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes they would fall asleep. 
And I'd be like, okay, why is that? It wasn't just me thinking that. It, you know, I heard a lot of people talk about that. Mm -hmm. And you would even see it in movies, and not that we, we model ourselves after movies, but, uh, but, but it was something to that. And I thought about that. I was like, why is it that they fall asleep? And so the Holy Spirit, I believe, ministered to me about this. He talked about how uh, really uh, coming together, uh, if it's hope, sacred covenant, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, the anointing is now invited in that situation. Now, what is the anointing? The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. And so uh, what happens is uh, once that anointing uh, manifests, with that holy with harmony, that holy harmony <laughs> the man now falls asleep easily, just like a drop of a hat. Why? Because he's designed to what? Dream dreams and see visions. And so uh, I believe that that's a, a huge part of that because, I mean, what else would it be? It's almost like, I'll say it this way, you ever seen a baby uh, drink from the mama's milk? <laughs> the baby look like they drunk, don't they? <laughs> It's like, and, and it's much like that with men um, right after they are pleased in the sacred uh, covenant. Um, and then uh, it's been reduced to uh, relief. Yeah, so it's gone from mm -hmm. holy harmony and intimacy to just relief. Right. So the, the, the difference is relief. You, you, you still go to sleep, but all you do is fantasize about something else or someone else. Mm. And so, 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 so that's the, the, the difference in that process. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to communicate as tactful as we can, but, yeah. you know, we still got to get it out there. Right. I mean, we're trying to. Actually, we'll, we'll talk about it. It'll be a whole lot less than with your kids here at home and on the TVs that you allow them to watch. So, <laughs> so I'm sure we'll be a lot, we'll be a lot more, uh, <clears throat> uh, what do you want to say, tactful. <laughs> right. I, so, so, so the Bible says this. Uh, it talks about in Hebrews 13:4 that the marriage bed is undefiled. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, people have used that to, uh, how could I put it? People have used that to bring worldly uh, practices into their marriage and then what they'll say is, well, it's the marriage bed, so you pretty much can do everything, anything in a marriage because the marriage is undefiled. But that's not what that scripture is saying. What that scripture is saying is the marriage bed shouldn't be defiled with, lust, with the lust of the flesh or the perversions of the world. That's what the scripture is actually saying. Um, you know, you, yeah, when you said that, it's like... I know I just felt somebody out there in TV land say, yeah, right. <laughs> like I felt, I felt people, because we have been so conditioned to see uh, sexuality in, in, a, in, a, a, um, in a very lustful way. Um, and, and so when you talk about holiness and sanctification in that, uh, it, 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 it gives a person a bad taste because they think that they're... they're you already have a momentum in another direction. Yeah. Your, your emotions or your... Your flesh is already the first voice, as we talked about a few weeks ago in sexuality's voice. Mm -hmm. um, but let's see what the word says. We talked about that. And, you know, we've been talking about, about quite a few things, but if we're going to talk about covenants, relationships, preparing for relationships, see what the word actually says. Absolutely. And actually, if we, 
We're starting at a place, but we're going to dial it back. We're going to work ourselves back all the way to some of the things we do, we're doing right now mm-hmm. as a youth. Matter of fact, some of you right now, if you could take back choices you made when you was a teenager. Oh, my God, yes. If you think about some of the things you exposed yourself mm-hmm. to as a teenager and how it's affecting your life as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but if we don't watch it, these children and these youth will be exp- allowed to be exposed to things that will shape their life forever. Right, right. Mm. You know, you have people, there's people are still trying to recover from stuff. You know, I mean, we talked about this over the years, still trying to cover stuff way back from when they were youth. But it's affecting their life now, All right? Well, if I could say this, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you've ever been um, um, sexually violated, that changes who you are. It really does because you, you uh, I, I'm just being transparent, I have been, had been sexually violated. And when that happens, you, the way you view uh, sexuality is totally different from what it should be. Yeah, uh, think about it, your you're home. innocent, you're innocent, you don't know what's happening, you're like, what the heck, you're, you're, it, your mind, when it's young, it cannot even understand adult-type issues, and so when that happened to me, or when those incidents happened, it wasn't just one, um, it, it changed uh, how I felt about myself, it changed uh, just um, how I viewed uh, even the act of sexuality. It changed how I, how I saw men. It changed a lot of the fabric of who I was. And that, those incidents kind of carried on as I went through relationships uh, at, a, at a later age. So What happens is your, your, a lot of your hormones and stuff are triggered mm-hmm. before you're ready for a relationship. So now you're clouded by emotions and you end up making uh, off and crazy decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what? Uh, uh, there's parts, of, even if you, you, you hold hands too soon, mm-hmm. you know, now your, your, your body now is trying to operate how to handle right. this touch. So, so, so really, as parents, we're supposed to be training youth and children to protect themselves from touch mm-hmm. or exposure because you don't just get what feels good, you get the spirits that Absolutely. are attached to that too. Absolutely. And so, so some of us, right now, we don't know all the spirits that we open ourselves mm-hmm. to. Things that we're exposed to, we've cast down, mm-hmm. but there's some things that we probably need to pray tonight to cast down that we picked up from uh, exposing ourselves to stuff or allow, allowing ourselves to be touched before we was able to guard against spirits and things mm. of that nature. So let's read some of the, uh, what the word says. Uh, Hebrews 13, 4 says, and I'm reading this out of the King James Version. It says, marriage is uh, honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Let me read this one. Okay. Uh, the message says, <clears throat> honor marriage. So, so look, it opens up with, Hey, this is our goal, honor marriage. Mm-hmm. It says, and guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and a husband. God draws a firm line against, look, he draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's saying these, these are different sins 
And he draws a line between them and covenant, mm-hmm. right? So that's the message version. And so the modern English version says marriage is to be honored among everyone uh, and the bed undefiled, but God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterers, two different uh, sins. And then the uh, Orthodox Jewish Bible says, let the marriage, uh, chupla, let's say chupa, chupa. Mm-hmm. chupa have respect in the eyes of all and let the, be- the marriage bed be undefiled for those guilty of, uh, I'll say, was it Guli? It's Giliui. Arayat. Arayat. Yeah. Which is uh, sexual, which is sexual immor- in, immorality. In, in Jewish terms. Yeah. And uh, no Afrim. Afrim? Uh, which is adulterers. Uh, Hashim will judge. That, that was the Orthodox Jewish Bible that stated that. So, so in all those, they're saying that we should honor covenants and we should honor marriage, mm-hmm. right? Do you need something? Oh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, so, 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 and this is the key. You can't, you can't practice perversion and expect purity in your covenant. You can't practice perversion and expect purity in any relationship. Uh, I'm going to give you another thought. You can't demand intimate trash, mm. but expect to live with a loving treasure. You can't demand intimate trash, but expect to live with a loving treasure. See, the love way brings out the treasure. Mm-hmm. The lust way brings out the trash. The love way brings out the treasure. The lust way brings out the trash. Let's just look at uh, Matthew 12. And we're just, we're just going to focus here on verse 35. It says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil, evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Right? And so, so let's look at this again. You can't practice perversion and expect purity in your covenant. You can't demand intimate trash, but expect to live with a loving treasure. It's just not going to happen, right? The love way, God's way that we've been talking about, brings out the treasure in the person that you're connected to. The lust way brings out the trash, right? And see, so, so... And, 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 and in your mind, you, try, you ask yourself, well, how is this possible? But as much as sometimes you have people that's watching, people that are here that maybe have already had a momentum of being exposed to some of these things, and they're going, Man, well, this is just the way we roll. But if you really look at what's been happening in relationships, you're wondering where that funky attitude comes from, where that edge comes from. Why is there snapback? In all the relationships, snap back. And you can triangulate back to lust. You can triangulate everything back to lust. Even the people that participate in lust, whether you're single or married, think about that day at work. Think about how it flowed in your relationship with your children. Think about why you just can't pick up momentum. And guarantee you can triangulate it back to the same thing, lust. Right? You ain't getting treasure operating in lust. That, when you operate in God's way of doing things, it's his way, his way of operating love. 
See, flesh feeds you information to alienate you from the truth, to alienate you from the truth. Let's look at um, a couple things here. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 7. And then we'll start here. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians 7 later um, because there's a buildup to this scripture, but we want to highlight this scripture for right now. Verse 28, it says, but if thou marry, thou hast not sinned, and if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, uh, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. So, so once we go into marriage, now, now again, we're starting with marriage, but we're going to triangulate ourselves back to relationships in general. So, uh, whether it's single or youth or what have you. So, so, sometimes the thought is, well, once I get married, it's all good. I could just do, it's all good. I could do anything. But according to the scripture, marriage doesn't exempt you from trouble with the flesh. Mm, and true. so, it's a, it's a sucker move by the adversary because once people get married, they think anything and everything is okay, not knowing they're corrupting their covenant and don't even realize it. Just like right now, as a single person, you may go, I'm not married now. But the choices that you make now is going to, you're actually going to drag into your covenant. You're training yourself ultimately for your covenant without even realizing it. Right? Did you want to do that? You want me to hit that? Uh, no, I, I wanted to hit what you just said. You mm -hmm. said, as a single person, you can almost unintentionally be training yourself how to flow in a covenant. There are people that are married that actually do not come together intimately because they've been used to taking care of themselves. In fact, there are women, and probably men too, that use certain vices to be able to uh, take care of themselves. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so what happens though is, now the artificial stimulation becomes almost what you need. And the other stimulation almost is not, it's, it's just, it's, it's not doing what you needed to do because why? You've trained yourself to handle your own business, you know, to uh, basically pleasure yourself. And so it's a dangerous thing when you do that because you think that once you get married, that's going to just cut off like that. No, you've been training yourself to, to, to have an appetite for yourself. And so it becomes dangerous now because now you're in a covenant and, you know, and, and this happens both ways. It's not just, you know, uh, for the female, it's also for the male. And so now the male doesn't have a, uh, a thirst for his wife. Why? Because he took care of himself. Yes, because you don't want to bring a compromised world into a covenant life. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, they, they're not designed to harmonize together. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you spend your whole life training yourself to live this worldly compromised life. Then yeah. you come into a covenant and there's immediate friction. Mm -hmm. And normally it's on the other side of I do. Mm -hmm. see, see, and then it's like, I don't understand. Uh, things have changed, this, that, and the other. But the core of what's changed is now you have to harmonize. And one person maybe in, in, a, in a worldly mindset, the other person's in a covenant mindset, or both, if it's, it'll give me crazy, they both could be worldly, but the whole thing about worldly is self, selfish. So, so you're still not harmonizing together, and that's dangerous. You know, we're, we're basically 
um, corrupting our marriage software. Yeah. We're, so there's a marriage software that uh, we're corrupting um, because that software is designed really for each of you to put to download uh, your 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 desires um, pleasure wise mm -hmm. um, into each other, not by yourself. Um, and then losing sight of modesty and, and adorning. Um, you know, we, we now dress to entice others, not satisfied with our spouse's eyes. I'll give you for instance, <laughs> when we, uh, we, got, we got married and uh, some years had passed and, and, uh, and so just out of the blue, what came to me was, wonder why a man ain't hitting on me. <laughs> Now, some of you might say, we're well, gonna get to that. we're going to get to that? Yeah, that's down here. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. You jumped the gun. I just jumped the gun. You good. Okay. You good. Where are we at right here? Where yeah. You talking about. Um, oh, so now we dress to entice to others. Entice others not satisfied. Not satisfied with, with our the, spouse's eyes. Right. Using pro <laughs> promiscuity for attraction to soothe insecurity. So, uh, or to soothe your self-esteem. Uh, men use women sometimes for eye candy. You know, um, asking ourselves if we uh, still got it. That's where I was, get, where yeah. I was going. <laughs> you know, sometimes you ask yourself, do I still got it? You what, know, what is it? What, what is it? And so, like, in that <laughs> particular case, you know, just out of the blue, I was like, how come ain't nobody hitting on me? Because up to that point, before I got married, I had all kinds of people hitting on me. I mean, it was like, like, like a, a day wouldn't go by. If I was out, I was going to get hit on. And so all of a sudden it was like dry. And I said, well, I wonder what's wrong. Well, do I still got it? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, the reason why is because you're cloaked now in him. And it's not, look, you don't want to draw people uh, to see you. You don't want, like, why would you want that? Uh, this is what the Holy Spirit was telling me. And I was like, yeah, but, but I, I just felt like, do I still have it? <laughs> But that's not important. See, so the whole point is, why would you need it? Why would you even need it? But this is why, this is what I realized. The reason why I felt like I needed it is because I was looking, I used all of it, y'all, to build my self-esteem up. That was my way of building self-esteem. So I would tease men. I'm going to be honest with you. I would tease men. I didn't want them, but I wanted them to want me. Why? Because I, I'm building up my self-esteem. Um, and then, uh, see, see, so the thing is like, when you say, <laughs> do, do I still got it? And, uh, first of all, if you're in the covenant, you don't need it. And then what happens when you get in the covenant, there's an automatic no vacancy sign because you're cloaked in the covenant. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're all in, um, but you know, do we still got it? So are we, what's, what's got it? Are we still freaks, players? I don't know what, what a woman call themselves. What, what do women call themselves? I don't Girl, know. you know. See, 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 <laughs> Let me see she said it. Oh, what? What, what is it? She said it. What? Sorry. Okay. All right. And then you, then you backed up off of it? <laughs> so. No, not what you call yourself. I said, what, what, so what, what, what women, did women call themselves? Yeah, what did they call themselves? When they would call themselves players. Oh. What'd you say? So none of y'all was one, I guess, uh, at this point. Mr. Mar, what they call themselves? Yeah, you know everything. Are you tongue-tied now? No, we, hey, we're trying to ask the back-of-the-day pimp. <laughs> 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 
Huh? You called him what? User. Oh, a user. Ah, no. Go. Gold diggers. That's old. Yeah. All right. So either way, either way, man. Hey, you gotta let us go at our pace, man. Back up off us. So audience, what we're doing is we're we're surveying the the uh, the audience here. I, so this is the thing. The thing is like, so you have, you're asking yourself, are you still freaks or players? The root word of players is actually play. Mm. And think about when somebody's played you, they played you like a game. Mm. Um, and so, so, so that's not what God's ultimate will is. So if I could say this uh, to add to that, don't, don't, don't wake up every day as a single female or married for that matter and, and pick out stuff for them. Mm. Pick out stuff for him. And, and, and you'll, you'll find that you'll protect yourself from being pulled in and suckered into a world of lust. Because the thing is you don't want, the only eyes you want on you should be your husband in that way. Nowadays, Women don't even have to really, I mean, uh, if I could say this respectfully, the way they don't leave anything sometimes to the imagination because it's all out there. It's like, boom, you know, it's just all out there. And so... Uh, Causing others to stumble. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, was that a man over there, brother? I saw. <laughs> so, so you got to ask yourself, uh, in, in any relationship, is fulfillment limited to lustful pleasure? Mm -hmm. So you have to watch mixing the sacred with the profane. Mm -hmm. so, so, so in other words, covenants are sacred. Yeah. Uh, again, dedicated for God's use. You have to mar watch mixing it with the profane. You know, we have to ask ourselves when it comes to relationships in general, whether you're courting, whether you're engaged or married, why are we avoiding the Bible experience? Mm -hmm. Like, like, like wh why all of a sudden the Bible doesn't know what we need, but God designed us? So, so, and all this starts when we're single and we're young. You know, um, <laughs> you have to ask ourselves when we're single and young, is what we're going through feeding our lust or is it training, is it training us to give or to get love? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it's not training us to give or get love. It's training us to take, 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 right? That's probably why things are so quick. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you it. You know, when you think about it, things are so quick, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> because people don't take their time. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Nothing. You good. You good. You people, good. people don't take their time to pleasure the other person. It's like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yes, you went there, huh? Yeah. I mean, but that's the truth. You know. I mean, in some cases, it lasts all of maybe two minutes or three minutes. So, so, so this is this is what's so interesting. So we, so <laughs> just keeping it real. I mean, yeah. So this is what's so interesting. So we again, and this is the challenge. A lot of times, things aren't talked about in church, but this is the root. Mm -hmm. of a lot of issues in a lot of relationships now and what's causing people not to find the one that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, just like you can, um, you can smell like covenant 
you can smell like some other things too. You can attract <laughs> the wrong things. I, I I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. Um, so well, you got people. Well, no, no. <laughs> I, I I might I might ex explain you later. Might I, I'm need not to sure. Explain. I'm not sure if God allowed me to. Okay. So so this is the thing. So we said we've been talking about sacred covenants and and the value of, of, of protecting your covenant and how people struggle in the flesh, even in the covenant, 1 mm -hmm. Corinthians 7, uh, 28. But the, but the reality is, you know, just as these guys are young, uh, these uh, children are growing up, it's all about contentment. Mm -hmm. See, see, see we're, we, we don't realize the value of contentment, and the world almost has taken contentment and erased it from a consideration in life. But if you can learn this a major value, you'll be prepared for what's coming. Because because these guys are young. What, what causes them to not wait? They don't know how to be content. What causes the, 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 the young lady that has the opportunity to solidify her walk with God, mm -hmm. but she's constantly looking to walk out of God's presence to find somebody? She don't know how to be content. Right. What happens to the guy that has an opportunity to become a solid man, prepared to lead in the guy? He don't know how to be content. Mm. So contentment now breeds contentment when we meet someone or marry someone. Mm. Lust now causes lust later. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so, so this is the thing. A lot of times we're, we're not ready. We're not even ready for our marriage to Christ. Mm. See, see, if we are challenged to honor our covenant with him now, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's a challenge for us to honor our covenant with him right. now, right. what do you think it'll be like for the marriage requirements for Christ later when he's coming for his bride? If it's a challenge now, what do you think it's going to be like later? So if we don't learn contentment now, we're going to be in, in trouble later. And not just, again, I'm talking about our marriage to Christ later, but also for those that are single looking for covenant. Right. For those that are married looking for covenant. Because right. if people marry just because they have a certificate and they got a ring. But they're, the reason why they're struggling, because they're constantly looking for covenant. Covenant is, 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 you have a thought? Yeah, I was, I, no. I, I saw it, I felt You it. felt me, you felt yeah. me. It just, so, you know, um, the thing about it is, uh, why would God send you, your, your husband or your wife, for him to only be in competition with them? Mm. And that's what happens. You know, we think that, see, there's a, there's a, there's a, you hear it all the time. There's a hole that only God can fill, but we try to fill it with everything but God. We fill, we fill it up with alcohol, drugs, sex, or whatever, whatever the case is. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, but only God can fill that. And so, you know, people that are uh, looking for this co covenant with a person because they don't want to be alone or because they feel it's going to complete them, that's a dangerous thing because God is not going to, he, he, he don't want to be in competition with, with another person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we got to watch our motives. 
what is the true motive? Because like you said, we, we having a hard time just locking in, having a relationship with God. But, but she said something. She, uh, she said, like, God doesn't want to compete with nobody else. Mm-mm. He said, I'm a jealous God. So, so but neither do you. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So if, if, if you're going to have God competing, then you're going to find yourself competing. Right? Because, you know, whatsoever man sow, that he shall reap. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not compartmentalized. It's not, I'm a young person. And whatever happens when I'm young happens when I'm young. Then I erase that, and then now I'm a, a young adult. Whatever happens, happens. I erase that. Mm-mm. You know, I'm married. Whatever happens, happens. I erase that, and then I'm with God in heaven. No, no, no. It's a whole life, and each stage connects to the That's next good. stage. But we want to pretend it doesn't. You, you ever see, uh, especially young people, they think like this a lot of times, well, I'm going to have my fun now. I got time. Mm-hmm. But, but what they're calling having their fun now is what costs them in the future when it really counts. Like, like everything you do now actually prepares you for where you're going. Right. Right? So, so it's, it's, it's we can't, there's something in our adolescence that tell us, I don't want to focus on nothing else but this moment right now. But this moment that right now is affecting which you're not considering. See, see, them that keep themselves are going to enter into God's presence. That's what the scripture says. It says, others will be tormented in their lust. That's what the scripture says. It says weeping and gnashing the teeth. Let's look at this, uh, Luke 13. We're going we're gonna to tie it in because we, remember we talked about sacred covenant. That's what we started out. Talked about holy harmony and we talked about some things that, uh, that, are, that have been affecting um, us really being in fulfilling relationships. So verse 24, we'll start there. Look, it says, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know narrow is the way that leads to life and peace. We know that already, right? Mm-hmm. Look, look at verse 25. It says, when once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not, whence, whence ye are, or where uh-huh. are you? Yeah. Right? Verse 26. Then shall ye begin to say, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. Basically, we were in proximity. Mm-hmm. He says, but he, he shall say, I tell you, I know you not. Whence are ye, or where are you? Depart from me, all you workers of inequity. Verse 28, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. Mm. And so uh, it parallels to... Uh, Matthew 25, uh, 10 through 12, when, you know, the virgins with the lamps. Mm-hmm. And so some of them kept their lamp lit. Mm-hmm. They didn't get tempted to get pulled out of the way. Some of them didn't. When the master came, they, wasn't, they weren't ready. Right. So they came back, let us in. They said, depart from me, you work of a vinecra. I do not know you. This is in Matthew tw- 25. It says the bridegroom 
Mm-hmm. When he comes, see, it's, it's, it's talking about marriage there. Right. And it's saying the bridegroom needs to know you now, not when the marriage is consummated. Mm. <laughs> see, 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 I'm not opening my heart up to you. We go through a courtship and premarital before people get married, right? They went through courtship and premarital. All right. Uh, we might ask them a few questions here, <laughs> right? And the thing is, uh, matter of fact, one of the highlights in their courtship and premarital, it wasn't obvious, Z. It, it wasn't like Z was operating in a default that wasn't obvious, to, even to her. It was just default. And that obvious. And her default was almost like not to be, be dismissive, almost like I could take you or leave you. I, I, I mean, that's kind of what the flow was. She wasn't really, you know. <laughs> wasn't helping his self-esteem at all. Yeah, at all. You know, like, right. Like, why she rolling at me like that? And, it, and sometimes it may, it, there were stages where maybe it was warranted, but he had, he had crossed over to be all, he was humbling himself to come to counseling, to listen to a female <laughs> preacher. I, I mean, that's a whole nother joke. But uh, uh, because of the culture he had grew up around. And so what Z realized is the only way she was going to really walk down that aisle the right way was to be all in, right? See, that, that was at the core. Mm. But she wasn't going to be all in if he didn't commit, right? So, 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 there's, there, there's, so, so she had to know he was committed now before she walked down. You see what I'm saying? There's something. So Christ is looking at how we are now. Right. Our, our marriages are a reflection of how we will be married to, to, to him. Our levels of commitment. If we're just easily exposed to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life, we're basically looking to bring trash into a covenant. Right? The lust way brings out the trash. The love way brings out the treasure. Right? Does that make sense? Well, that's right. kind of what's happening now. <laughs> when you think about it, if, if, you were to, if God was to grade us, mm on how we are as a spouse <laughs> or as, as a, not, well, he's the, he's the Not uh, just husband. a spouse, even as singles. Well, sing, well, yeah. mm-hmm. well, I'm talking about as his children, I got you know, you. And, and, I got you. and so, you know, like we would probably fail the, the grade because we uh, haven't been all in with him. We've actually been adulterous. We have been committing adultery because we are having relations with the world. Mm. Like we're, we're, we're not sold out totally and completely to his kingdom. We're actually dabbling in at times mm. in the kingdom of darkness. And so we're, you know, we're uh, partakers of both worlds but that doesn't sound like a commitment, does it? That it sounds like adultery. It sounds like adultery. And so he can say, you know, we're, we're, we're committing adultery. Well, 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 this is the thing. <clears throat> and this is, I, I don't know how, how much this has been taught. Uh, I'm not saying it hasn't been because it's not like I've sat in front of every Bible teacher ever. Uh, but I haven't heard it taught. 
Mm. Uh, so I'm going back to contentment. Do you realize the Bible assumes we can keep ourselves, even as singles? But how do we live? We live a life like it's, it's virtually impossible. See, we live life like we have to be in, in some type of engagement of, um, I'm going to use the word intimacy, but y'all know what I'm talking about just because we have some young people here, right? So we, we live our life like, like uh, uh, he and she's got to have it, right? Right? I mean, even before we got married, for whatever, even as Christians, can I get an amen? Amen. All right, yeah, that's just to get that out there. All right, so, <laughs> but, but the Bible assumes that we can be content. Like, like it's, a, it's extra or almost somewhat of a compromise flow when we get into stuff like that. And so, 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 cause I, cause I, I listen to singles all the time. Oh my God, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there with Christ. We're hanging in it. Obviously we're not with Christ. I know that was sarcastic, but, but we should be. Okay. So, don't take my word for it. Let's look. Let's, we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 7. I know we read verse 28, but we're going to start here verse 20. And, you know, I always use this scripture to talk about people that's trying to operate in purpose. And when they, when, you know, a lot of people go, man, you know, I know I'm called to do such and such. And scripture says, you know, whatever state you, you, you're, you're found in, be content, you know, and let God take you from there. But in light of what we're talking about, what this chapter is talking about, let's look at verse 20. Actually, let's start at verse uh, 18. It says, is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any man be called... Uh, is any man called in uncircumcision, let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. It says, let every man abide or remain in the same calling wherein, wherein he is called. Look, out thou art called being a servant, care not for it, but if thou mayest be free, use it rather. So it says, is at the time that you make a connection with God and get in relationship with God is if, if you're in a position of a servant, fine. If you can be free, fine. But that's not what the focus is. And then it says, uh, verse 22, it says, for he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price, be not ye servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Okay, so now that's to 24. Let's go to 25. It says, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give you my judgment as one that has obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, this is good for the for the present distress, I say, that is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? 
seek not to be loose. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. It says, but if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. All right, so for the, just for the sake of uh, study, uh, he's, he's talking about, okay, so he talked about a virgin. He said, so if you're a virgin, cool. Matter of fact, Paul said, I'm glad that I'm not married. He was like, because I don't have to worry about dealing with the flesh. Mm. He says, just because you're married doesn't mean you won't be dealing with the flesh. Matter of fact, because as soon as you get married, you're going to be attacked even more because the adversary, of course, is going to attack the covenant, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So he's saying, you know, whatever state a person's in, he's saying, be content. So what he's saying is, if, basically, if you're single, be content. He's not saying you won't get married, but he's saying, like, learn how to rest in him and let your life evolve. Mm-hmm. Like, stop putting our hands on situations. What, you know, when we start burning in our lust, that's because we actually stepped out of the presence of God and opened ourselves up to appetites that we wasn't ready to handle. Wow. Because we weren't content. We didn't trust God to fill that hole that Pastor Mal talked about, to fill that void. See, even when we get married, we're looking to some, the other person to fill that hole. But if we came in content in our relationship with God, we would be coming into the relationship to give something, not to get. But a lot of times we're coming into the relationship to get because we lived a life that, that was about lust of the flesh, not about the love of God. And it's, 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 it's corrupting our software because, okay, we have a, we, we're best friends. We have a, a great relationship. But honestly, I, I think we spend most of, I spend all my time trying to give to her. She spent all the time trying to give to me. Sometimes we're just bumping heads. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, just let me help you, you know. But it's not about I'm not going to survive my life if she doesn't give me everything she has because I'm filled up with God first. She's filled up with God first. I would think she loves Keith and loves being around Keith, but Keith don't come before God. So she, she she had to grow to her contentment in her relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I had to grow my contentment in my relationship with God. Now we're healthy for everybody, even you guys. Mm-hmm. Because if we weren't content, the church couldn't grow at its pace and grow through the things That's it's true. going through. We couldn't even be in this building because we'd be all about we got to have this big salary. We, we've been able to do stuff because we don't make an average salary for what our skill set is. Mm-hmm. See, people could take that for granted, but all that means is that's money available for us to get stuff done. That's right. You you see what I'm saying? But we're content. Mm -hmm. It's something about being content. Does that mean God is not going to bless us? God is blessing us, Mm -hmm. and he will continue to bless us. But that's on God. Our job is to trust him and be at peace in him. And everybody in every relationship has to operate that way. Not jockeying for position, 
pushing and stuff like that. When you feel that, 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 uh, that uneasiness, it's a demand for contentment, not for you to put your hands on what you've been messing up the whole time for, for the longest. Well, when I say you, I'm saying us, okay? You know, all of us that haven't been content and got impatient. I played for teams and was on a great team. And this other team was recruiting me. And because they made one bad mistake in, in, this, in a big game, I was like, okay, well, forget y'all. I'm going to go to this team. Well, that team only wanted me on the team so they wouldn't play against me. So they kept me. They didn't give me a lot of time, only on, on clutch games. But I should have never left the other team. But I wasn't content. I didn't let it go. I didn't, I didn't go through the growing pains of it. I was at a church. We were at a church for 18 years because we were content. Yeah. Like, so we allowed, that means we went through hurdles and learned things. But we were all in, overly all in for 18 years. And God moved us along into what he wanted us to do. That's good. But we was at peace with Whatever God poured in us, we poured out into that atmosphere. We didn't hold nothing back, reserve nothing for later Mm -hmm. to establish our own. No, everything was just give it all. Whatever we got, we gave it, right? Contentment is what we're missing. Well, what I would add to that is um, faithfulness, you know, being faithful. And I actually found the scripture, um, I know we talked about it earlier, but just that making sure that we don't commit spiritual uh, adultery. Uh, it's actually the English Standard Version. It says, you, ad- oh, James, James 4, 4 and 5. You adulterous people. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it the way I think he said. You adulterous people, you. <laughs> Uh, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to do it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns or or yeah you know, he yearns jealously over the spirit? Mm. So, I mean. <laughs> We've been committing, in some cases, spiritual adultery. Um, but is the faithfulness, speaking back to what you were saying, well, just being, mm-hmm. you know, being content and faithful, because even though we were, in that, we were in that relationship with the former church for 18 years, we, even when things were not favorable, we still were faithful. You know why? Because God sent us there. No, I mean, and it's bigger I mean, than that. We were in an intimate relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were in an intimate relationship with God. And it was a fulfilling relationship with God. So all the other relationships are bonuses after that. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't do nothing, we still have the relationship with God. <laughs> so, so, so that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think, just reflect, if you challenge yourself, we need to repent from some of the lust training of the past. We need to repent from some of the lust training of the past mm-hmm. because it's destroying our covenants now mm-hmm. and some of our covenants to come. Our now and later covenants. And, and, and the thing is, we all, you know, some of us are 30, 40 years old. Some of us are 20. I know these guys are in their teens. But look back 20 years ago or 30 years ago and you think about choices that you didn't think had no value. Mm-hmm. 
And they, they actually are affecting who you are right now. Right. And so, so, so you know, that's why the scripture tells us in, in 2 Timothy 2.22, mm-hmm. flee youthful lust. Yes. How come he didn't say flee old lust or adult lust? Mm-hmm. He said youthful lust mm-hmm. because he knows those youthful lusts are what's going to affect us down the road. Right? That's your testimony, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I think God's just trying to challenge us there. Mm-hmm. He's trying to challenge us. And, and I know this is not a topic people talk about as much as church. And, and, and hopefully some of you that brought your children, we didn't say nothing that was offensive to your kids. Uh, but, but you don't you don't change things on the surface. You know, like we always say, you know, if you're trying to kill the weeds or the dandelions, you don't just mm-hmm. keep clipping off the yellow flowers. They just keep growing back later and greater. Mm-hmm. You got to get it at the root. Mm-hmm. And as much as we play off the effect of intimacy, it's been affecting us at our core because, again, the world has been shaping us, not God word and in the way God does things. Mm-hmm. Right? So so and and it started way back in the garden. You want to do this? You want me to do that? Well, I'll I'll speak to it when you said it started way back in the garden, then you can just uh, okay, do that. Okay. I got you. So so even when Adam and Eve uh because think about it, they were in a perfect situation. Mm. They were oh, they honestly they were in such yes, they just had to be content. And um you know, when, when you think about it, God had already established good and evil. But what they did is they, when they took, part, took a part of that fruit, they established at that point, and it went into a, ter- what, a tailwind or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. from that point on where man defines good, what's good and what's evil. Mm. And that's where we all get caught up. But God wants us to return. He wants us to return to his original intent, his, ori- his original intent with marriage, male and female, his original intent with, with uh, what he wanted us to do, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, to uh, have dominion, like all those things is what he desired, and he's trying to get us to return back to that because man has took it upon themselves to determine what is good and what is evil, and it's a bad thing because only God knows what's good and what's evil. But, and that's why we got to get in the word to find out what's his, what is his uh, philosophy? What is, how does he view uh, sexuality? How does he view um, marriage? How does he view youthfulness, you know, being a youth? Uh, how does he view life? And he gives us his perception of what, what he desires for all of us. And so, um, I wanted to speak to that because that's powerful. Like yeah. just the statement, man, man is deciding what's good, what's evil. Mm-hmm. So God will tell you something and be like, oh, that doesn't line up with what I've decided. Mm-hmm. You know, God says words like modesty. We think modesty is a curse word. Mm-hmm. You know, because and in our minds we go, yeah, but I gotta look, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I said it earlier. Can I say it again? It's cool. Yeah, you know, we think we got to look sexy, 
You know what I'm saying? So. Well, the enemy, <laughs> the, if, I, if I could say this, the enemy uh, as, has even blinded us to even be able to discern what is not modest. Like, there are people I've, I, over the past years uh, would reposition themselves or they would wear certain things and you would bring it to their attention and it, <laughs> when they changed, it was no different from the first. And so, you know, you say to you, you're saying to the person in your mind, you're saying, well, wait a minute, we said that wasn't modest. But then the person turns around and puts on something that they believe is modest and it's no different from the first. So sometimes we can be blinded from what is modest and what isn't, you know. Uh, so this is good. And that started, with Eve, that started with the garden too, because Eve made a choice in, Eve made an independent choice apart from Adam. God, God made them to be together, to flow together. Mm -hmm. She made a choice apart from Adam, and then Adam's default was, was to protect. Things have been operating that way, that way for the longest. We're making choices independent of harmony. Yeah. See, so if God says in his word, this is how you should flow, we're supposed to be trusting him. You deal with this with your kids a lot. You tell them something. And you, you either, one, you feel you've been out ahead of them, two, you feel that you've learned and you have wisdom. And they do the opposite of what, you, what you've told them. Could I get a couple of amens in here? Anybody experience that? <laughs> you got two hands up back there. All right. All right. <laughs> right. No, no, I mean, she actually raised two hands. I wasn't saying she was the only one, but she, she, actually, she actually did like a, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But, but my point there is, how do you feel when that happens? You're like, this fool doesn't understand what they're about to go through, right? What do you think God's thinking? Yeah. He's given us information, yeah. and we're doing totally opposite of what God says. And I guarantee you, God is saying, this fool doesn't understand what they're about to get themselves into. So, I mean, it started way back with Eve. Mm -hmm. like, like, is she kidding? And, and so people have been doing that. God's designed... God's original design was decisions. Listen to this. His original plan, putting two people together, was decisions with consideration. So I'm making decisions with considerations. What did Eve do? She made a decision without a consideration. God's plan, like, fitly joined together, uh, 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 can two walk together lest they be agreed? Like, uh, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. He set it up where we would have to make decisions with consideration, right. with accountability and responsibility. Mm -hmm. But the world teaches you to be not accountable and not responsible. Right. So, so, so <laughs> we're not content with God's plan. But we want God's fulfillment. But you can't even seek God's plan if you're not operating and functioning in his kingdom. See, in his, in his kingdom, way of doing things. That's it. His <laughs> kingdom is actually, like you said, his way of doing things. And it, it's all spelled out. Everything in his kingdom is all spelled out. But we don't know because we don't, we're, we're, not, we're not looking to find out or reading what he, what, what he desires in his kingdom. This is so amazing. So I'm thinking about relationships and we, relationship boot camps. We have 
parents, husbands and wives, kids, jobs. You think about relationships. But but if I want to go back and I want to understand relationships, I'm going to go back to the Bible. Listen to a guy last night out of uh, Florida, and he was talking about the law first mentioned. You know, uh, if if you go through Bible school, they'll teach you it's what's God's God's original intent is the first thing he mentioned. So, so God, when he designed us, he showed us what he intended for man. After sin, things got corrupted. Mm -hmm. So here he makes man. This is God now. And he, and after he makes man, he makes this statement. Now he just breathed into, he breathed into him all of himself. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Mm -hmm. Genesis 2.18. So he created a helpmeet suitable for him. Mm-hmm. So, he, so it's not good for man to be without help, to be without consideration, responsibility, and account- accountability. Mm-hmm. So he, he set it up. See, it's not good to, for man to be alone. You know what that, that, that scripture is saying? It's not good for man to be without intimacy. Intimacy, you see. Right? It's Pastor Mel's definition. Right? So, lust itself is without intimacy. Lust equals without intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's self-pleasure not coming together. Right. And the more we participate in self-pleasure, the less we come together. That's not... See, hey, see, see. Some, Some people watching... Some people today, you might have to set new targets. You might have to repent for some things. But this is God's ideal. And we know this, 1 Corinthians 7, he got, the word assumes we know we can be content in whatever state we're in. We don't have to yield to lust. As, as we're going through changes, evolving to harmonize as one, we don't have to, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Take on compromise to ease the transition. No, we locked in. God ain't taking on compromise to ease the transition dealing with us. Look at what all he's had to go through waiting for us to be his, for, for him to be the bridegroom, for us to be the, the bride. Look at all he's going through. Look how patient he is, slow in the shadow of turning. And so we can't be content. We got to wrestle. Think about when you snap it, snapping at the house. Where's that coming from? Oh, the spirit? You can justify it any way you want, but it ain't coming from the spirit. I guarantee you it's coming from lust, the flesh. You can dice it, and that's what we do. We expo- Right now, you have couples that, hey, let's have a, a good night out. It ain't a good night out if you open yourself up to things of the world. How many times did that turn into an argument? Come on, be honest. Like I said, like people are going to tell me, well, uh, actually, yesterday we had an argument the other day, but I, but I said that for you to realize, dial it back. And you know what we do? We override the argument and go, it couldn't possibly come from this lust. Yes, it did. Mm. Remember, we were arguing. 
<laughs> you probably thinking about it. What? We was arguing uh, our honeymoon. Oh my God, yes. And, was... and, and be, uh, I will be transparent. I'm gonna be transparent. So again, we're new, we're new to marriage. We didn't know none of this stuff we're telling you. And so, so we're going, we went out to the Bahamas and couldn't wait till we got over, you know, your duty-free uh, alcohol. This is, this, you know, this is before we stopped it, right? So I got some Moet. I forgot what else I got. Champagne, all types of stuff. And so we cracked that bottle open. You know, this is before we stopped drinking. And immediately... We, we had a major blowout. I don't even know what caused it. What was it? Oh, I think it was. You asked she didn't know me. what she wanted to do. He asked, we're in Bahamas, right? <laughs> and he asked me, so what do you want to do? I don't know. I'm in Bahamas. I, you, we don't know. We need to research and find out what to do. But I told you, he, we discovered later. We didn't know at the but time. But he got mad at me. I got impatient. Because I, I didn't know what to do. I'm like. And the hormones start kicking in. So we had an argument. I left. So I left out the room. <laughs> Now, 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 I didn't think about this at the time, but she, she's in a room. So picture, she's in a room like, wait a minute. He just left. We're in the Bahamas. I don't know where to go. Don't know. I don't know where he's at. I'm in a strange place. He just left me alone. Now, I, I really, I ain't that crazy. I really went like, let's say uh, the booth, sound booth was the room. I was sitting at a table. Where I could see the room from the table. <laughs> but she didn't know that. Well, I'm in there thinking, what the heck did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're, this is a honeymoon. Right. But we, had, we brought the flesh in mm -hmm. to call ourselves consummating an anointed covenant. So we introduced, we brought the profane to celebrate the sacred. What's so interesting is we actually waited until we, uh, had relations, we waited until we, we got, got married. married. So you would think that that would have been, oh, God's going to bless that thing, but then we introduced we, the we, wine. We, we were okay until... We, we introduced that, that until wine. Until Mr. Bradley and, and his wives uh, with the wine and the connoisseur in the hood self decides to get the moat. And everything just kind of started <laughs> to go down. Um, it, 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 it was just the one time that we had the, the yeah. argument. But you know, I was thinking through y'all, um, and, and I guess we got to sum this up at some point. No, we get in there. We get in there. Then we so, got to ask them a couple questions. So here's the thing. God wants to be involved in everything, every detail of our life, uh, in everything. And so if you think about it, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So think about it. We're talking about a holy God wants to get in partnership with us. He wants to be a part of what we do. But what are we really dragging him into? Mm. The very thing that he wanted to be holy, wow. the very thing he wanted to use as a way to break uh, burdens or uh, uh, it's the anointing, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God in a marriage, in a covenant. He wanted that power in that, and there he is in the midst. There were times we, uh, and it, it, I'm telling you it works, it works. If there's anything major or pressing that we uh, had to 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 um, deal with, we would literally come together because that's where the anointing is. That's where the agreement is. That's where God is. But imagine if we were doing it, we were doing things like the world. God ain't in that. 
That's, 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 that's lustful. God is holy. And so, the, you know, and, 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 and honestly, I believe it's even a part of worship. You know, God gave uh, that, that sensual part of our being as a gift to marriage, marriages. That's a way that he wanted to give us, because um, think about it. We, we, we have pleasure in eating. Think about it. I mean, most people love eating, right? She said, I do. Um, but God took it another step by creating our and fashioning our bodies to respond to stimuli. Mm -hmm. And the stimuli is like no other, if you think about it. It's like no other Laughing, because you know, laughing, laughter, I love laughing. La <laughs> laughing to me is like the best. I mean, because endorphins and all kinds of things is released in your body. That's why the scripture says, laughter doeth good like a medicine. Mm. Well, we cannot discount the physical aspect of how God created us and why he created it. So one, I believe he did it for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Two, I believe he did it as a burn-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The two become one. To, the two shall become one, which is a miracle when you got two bodies coming together as one. And then the other thing is, he's there. As long as it is a holy, sanctified, sacred covenant, he is there. And if to God is there... touch and agree on anything. Oh, my God. If God there is there, is in the if midst. God is there, y'all, whatever it is that you're believing for, whatever it is, I mean, I'm telling you, it works. We, I mean, every single time it works. Why? Because we, we understand the purpose of, of what God intended in that. You know, I mean, he really did, but. Well, well she said it's a form of worship. So, so it's getting in agreement mm -hmm. and not bringing in a profane. Well, the same thing when, you know, as a single, when you really get in God's face and you worship before God and you're all in. Well, it's in God's, spirit and in truth. It's in spirit and truth. God is there in the midst. Mm -hmm. But you ain't, you're not coming to God in spirit and in truth if you're living in compromise. Blessed. You're living in compromise. That's not, it's just not going to happen. Oh, good example. Okay. So if we say uh, spirit and in truth, when we came together, I'm being transparent here, we came together and I was used to things that you would say during the act, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, and that was just something that I saw in the movies or something that I probably heard somebody else say. I don't know where I got it from, but I got it from somewhere. It wasn't natural just being able to talk dirty, right? Is that what, how I... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's okay. I think they figured out what you were talking about. Anyway. And, and I thought I was fine. And when I tried it on him, he, he was, what did you say? You said, what are you doing? What did you say? I, 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 my my he reflex, shut me down. He my shut reflex me down. might have been, what are you doing? But I think I sat down and I said, well, just to let you know, that turns me off. Yeah, that's what he said. And she was like, really? I said, really? But, and we had the discussion. She was like, well, I thought that's what men like. All men. men I like. thought all men like. I said, like. I don't know what men like. I said, but that <laughs> had nothing to do with them. But yeah. I said, that's not doing nothing for me. But turning me off. Why? Because, again, here, oh, this is. I thought about this earlier. I didn't mm -hmm. put it in the notes. But y'all be wanting men of God, don't y'all? Ladies. Well. <laughs> so we got one person that wants a man of God. All right. So, so you want a man of God. And forgive me for sarcasm. I apologize. 
Um, you want a man of God, but then you want to tempt him to be in the flesh? Mm. You just pulled him out of the presence of God. And then you're wondering, I, he, yeah, he ain't doing nothing. He ain't getting this done. Uh, where's the vision in this house? Well, the vision was swallowed up in that, that, that lustful environment you created. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We, again, you make up your mind. I want him to love me. I want him to be thoughtful. I want him to do this. Well, that person has to be a man of God. Are you creating an atmosphere for a person to be a man of God? Or are you saying you want a man of God in, in form, but you want him to walk in no power? Same thing. You know, I'm just waiting for Boaz. Really? So, so what would a Boaz really want? I mean, a, a, a flat-out Boaz, you know, which I'll call Boaz, you know, you know, solid man of God in the Word, locked in. What he want? What he looking for? What Boaz looking for? Are you that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what went through my head was silence. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so. So let, let, let's just sum it up this way. <laughs> this, this is a lot of information that we, we threw at you, and it's definitely uh, different. I'll say it's very, very different than what we've been used to, um, as, even as it, as it relates to um, relations. <laughs> we'll say it that way. Um, but it's a target for you to really start to really harmonize with God. Like really, if we're, if we're in his kingdom, we should be searching the scripture to find out, okay, what is his way? How does he see it? You know, and, 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 and take out the world. That's the thing. We're, it's, too, no it's, too, it's too much to have to be in one world and another world. God is saying, listen, choose you who you're going to serve today. Don't have one foot in one world and another foot in another world. That is, that's, that's called division. Division, that's, that's, you, 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 you got to make up your mind. Do I want to do things God's way or do I want to do it the world's way? You can't no longer say, because here's the thing, when, when you take a holy God into your, 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 your environment, you, you know, well, first off, I don't believe he'll even be there because he's just, he doesn't like being contaminated. So, but we want God in every area of our life. We want him, we want his agreement, we want his power, we want his love, we want his mercy, we want, all, we want everything that he represents. But I think we can, we, if we don't make a conscious decision, like, God, let me do things, let me return back to your way of doing things. If we don't make that conscious decision, then what can we be forfeiting? What will we be forfeiting? You know, we pray and we believe God and we, you know, we fast and we do all these things, but then we still got that one foot in, in the world and it's like, he's not going to sign off on that. Like, he can't. He, he, can't, he can't sign off of that. So, you know, it's just this, this message is kind of stretching. 
uh, uh, I'll be curious to know what you guys did get from it, uh, if it was stretching. But, but this is just some food for thinking or food for thought, mm -hmm. you know, to stimulate your, your heart and your mind to get in line with the, our, God's intended purpose. And, 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 uh, and, and hopefully it will cause us to... Um, <clears throat> You can use it, these. It, it, it would cause us to actually operate in sacred covenant. Sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. You're fine. Mm -hmm. In sacred covenant, not just, uh, what kind of covenant would you say the other part is? What's the, what's the Corrupted. Opposite? Corrupt covenant. Yeah. All right, so uh, this, this lovely couple, we actually married them eight it's eight years? Eight years? Eight years. Wow. New beginnings. All right, so we <laughs> married them eight years ago. Uh, and so, you know, we had a... Uh, we had a... Uh, the man of God. <laughs> see, I was going to be nice. I was going to be nice. But, 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 but he is a solid man of God as we're sitting here. But when they got together, he was more of a... Uh, what would you call it? I'll let you... So, so, what type of man of God was you when y'all got together? No, you yeah, used the mind. One footing and one foot out. Yeah. All right. And, you kind of faded on that. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you had, uh, you know, uh, uh, Z actually came to the church first. So we talked about, uh, we must have introduced courtship or, or premarital or something to you. Yes. And then you. Because I was trying to decide if I needed to give this guy some time. Right. Well, oh, wait a minute. It was a time. When he felt so insecure because you was basically, I take you, I could take you or leave you, he was actually coming and saying stuff like, uh, this girl at work is, is on my back. Remember, <laughs> remember there were times, it was almost like you were trying to. He, he would throw out like, yeah, trying to make, make up you your jealous. mind now because yeah, I got I, options. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. I remember that. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so, so talk to us, you know, uh, you know I know we talked about, you know, a, a sacred covenant, and, and we've watched you guys, and you guys have really grown to be together, and, and you're working to be as a team, mm -hmm. but if you can, like, real briefly, whichever one of you guys want to go first, talk about your transition into being in more of a sacred covenant. God. <laughs> now that's brief. Now say, 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 say it again. Say, she said, say God, um, for me, um, the struggle was God's first commandment. And that is God, well, God love, wait a minute, I'm thinking of a different scripture, but we are to love him or. Just go ahead and say it. We'll, we'll put it together. Love, that we are supposed to express love like him. Because he loves us. He gives us the free gift of love. And he wants us to spread it abroad. And so for me, that's why I never walked out of my covenant. But the way that God stretched me is because there are times I wanted to walk out of my covenant. Because I'll be honest, I have not had a hard life at all. And so when I didn't want to deal with something, I didn't deal with it. I just said, bye. Um, and so... <laughs> For example, I'll give an example. I was in a 10-year marriage before I met him, but I just walked out. Never had any feelings, didn't think about him, didn't talk to him. 
So I knew that wasn't love. And so I did not want to go into something else because at that point I was in my 40s. And I'm thinking, hmm. And I told Lamar, I said, I don't know that I've experienced love before. He's like, that's crazy. Say that again. <laughs> I said, I told Lamar, I didn't know if I had experienced love before. Ever. Ever experienced <laughs> love before. And I had a child. And he said, that's crazy. I said, well, I just don't know. I don't know that I can really say that. But it wasn't until I actually um, developed a relationship with God that I really understood what love was. And that wasn't when I said I do. That was um, some times when I wanted to run. And God said, you never finish anything. And so I made a vow that. I'm committed to God, so I have to be committed to my marriage. And through years and over time, he even stretched me more to even love him when I didn't feel like he loved me. And that was something, you know, I'm not going to let anybody pump me, so. <laughs> but um, I did. I mean, there were times I was like, I, I don't understand, God, what is it that I'm doing wrong here? And he just said, I need you to love him through it. And I would cry because I didn't want to love him through it. <laughs> but, but it's yeah. good because you yeah. talked about the effect of your upbringing. You said mm -hmm. you didn't have a hard life. Mm -hmm. so, so, so anything uncomfortable, your default was to leave. To to leave. leave. Mm -hmm. And then you also had established from the world, you established, I'm not going to let nobody punk me. Mm -hmm. And so now you're in a situation where God is saying, I have something for you, mm -hmm. but to get it, you have to do it my way, mm -hmm. not the way you always operate. That's good. So if anybody asks me, this has been the hardest thing, not my marriage, but just to really understand and to give love without expecting mm. anything back. I'm talking about anything. Contentment. <laughs> surrendering. Yes. So, I have, so that the surrendering. <laughs> See, you it. have to surrender mm -hmm. your, you, all your thoughts. You have to surrender mm -hmm. all your feelings. Yes. You have to surrender to his plan. And because you did that. Oh and see, God. think about it. Oh, my gosh. The, yeah. the way she loves you now is so what you really needed because you were like, man, this girl, she act like she don't even love me. <laughs> um, but but I've watched you guys transition. Yeah, she's and you strength. The, thing, the thing about this woman, <laughs> and I said this, I think, on Girl Talk uh, just last week, um, I've watched her, her love for you independent of, of even how you were maybe treating her. Like it was, cause, cause, okay, this I'll just be transparent. Well, you supposed to let him share. I, oh well, I was just gonna talk about what I saw. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so what I saw was this very uh, uh, Zia is like professional. She's a go getter. She is um, no nonsense type person. To baby, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Is this good enough for you? I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, she is serving this man. And, and, and I was like, you know what? When she, because there were times she got on her face and she cried out to God. And God began to minister to her first. Not about him, yeah. but about her. Yeah. And she embraced what God was doing. She surrendered to the love of God. Mm -hmm. She surrendered to the love of God. And that is what I believe started this whole bonding, even with your husband, mm -hmm. is surrendering to your first love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That is. Mm. Because I really, like, I'm going to say one more thing. But in the beginning, I really wanted to give him to somebody that could love him the way he wanted to be loved because he was requiring that of me. And I'm like, I can't love you like that. Mm -hmm. But with God, I, I have to say it's beyond what I could even imagine. So, because I love you. All right, so your question, um, I read this book some years ago, and it talked about uh, how these guys, after their 40s, became millionaires. Colonel Sanders, Dave uh, with the Wendy's. And then uh, that led my mind down a path of thinking, well, why did they become millionaires and stuff after age 40? Well, the key to it is contentment. I find that with contentment, you're not rushing out of things, you're not rushing into things, that you're okay, you know? And I think that's a big thing. Uh, when I was growing up, I wrote this down when I was sitting there. I remember the older guys used to tell us, you know, hey, variety is the spice of life. Go out and get as many girls you can get, you know, have sex with all these different people. And the thing that, that I would say you don't realize is that all these people deposit something in you, mm -hmm. you know, they, in your spirit. And you find out, I thought Pastor Keith then were going to go into it, that you've been trained a particular way, or your partner been trained a particular way by another person, and that ain't what I like. You know, that's what that person was, you know. So mm -hmm. the, the training and letting things go uh, that, um, that you thought were you, I could say it like that, that you thought were you because of the variety and things of that nature. Um, so contentment is huge. Um, I put here, lust can never be satisfied, as the Bible says. But the scripture that stands out to me in Proverbs 31, when it talks about the virtuous uh, woman, is her husband can trust her. Yes. Her husband can trust her. And I think that's huge, you know, because I was a very guarded person, so I wasn't going to let you see any chinks in my armor. And as I started saying, hey, uh, this and this is about me, you know. Um, and I had to, had to walk into that. And at first, you know, it, it was thrown back up. But eventually, you know, it, it, was, it was let go. Uh, you know, it wouldn't, bring, it wouldn't bring up as a weapon against me, you know. And I think when, when we first got together, uh, the pastors challenged me, I mean, because uh, it was really like all on me, I felt like. It, it, was, a, it was a challenge to, to me being a man. And it was, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm thinking, this woman, she just, you know. <laughs> this woman you gave me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the fact, though, that uh, you take the challenge to, to really be a man, to really be committed, to really move in the things of God, you know. Um, so that was a challenge I had to take. And I would encourage everybody that's married that the man just step up. Don't expect anything back, but do that which God is requiring of you. Um, so That's good. That's awesome. Any, any thoughts from anybody online? Y'all can stay there. Yeah. If that's okay. Yes, stay. Any thoughts from anybody online or any questions um, for us, them, anybody? I know we're on a delay, so anybody in the house have a thought or a question while we're waiting on the people that's calling in? Venetia, I think, has a thought. 
No. No. You don't have to formulate. We'll put it out there. Well, you can put it out there and we'll put the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my first question starts. Would you say you both were in a content place before you entered marriage? That's the first part. No. Content with God? Who's Is that? You too. Oh, oh us too. <laughs> uh, content with God? Just, yeah, content with God or content in your life where you were supposed to be at that point before you entered marriage? For me, I'm going to say yes. For me, I would say yes, too. Yeah. Okay. And that's when y'all first met? Yeah. Yes. Okay. In fact, I think, well, I was in between relationships. <laughs> I, I, was, I wasn't trying to be with nobody, and I decided I wasn't going to have sex until I got married. And I also had decided that I'm not chasing nobody. Who God has for me, he has for me. And I broke, a, broke up our relationship the day before I met him. And got back in a relationship. <laughs> we, we know that part. She, and we got know. back in a relationship when she left church that day. But, but, oh, man, I never even thought about it. It's a great question. Mm. Uh, I didn't even tie it into this, but probably because I was so content with what God had told me, mm. it didn't shake me, her situation. God, even when God told me that was my wife. Mm. So, so she got back with God the next day. I said, well, you know, you didn't know you was going to meet me, so. You know, not, not because I was all into the person. It was just. Anybody ask you that? Well, no, I had to clear. We <laughs> <laughs> are trying to clear yourself up. Now. I had a problem. <laughs> I, I actually had a problem with uh, speaking the truth and uh, doing what's best. Uh, you know, it wasn't because I was fiending and like, oh, I got to keep this relationship going. I didn't know how to, to, to stop it. That was just one of the things. Uh, All right. You going to kick a brother white down? Like I'm watching tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to let the brother off the hook. But anyway. Well, I, I mean. <laughs> no, nah, but it's know, true. I, I, she, everything she said was true. Yeah. But for me, God said that was my wife, so I was good with that. Uh, she'll tell you I didn't hustle. I didn't. She got back with the relationship. I, I believed I could have told her what was going to happen in, in the next day. I just let it play itself out. But if I wasn't content, I probably would have been uh, desperate, thirsty, and I would have created more, even more confusion. Well, it was hard because it wasn't like the person was bad. So that's when you don't have an explanation for someone who, who's, who's nice to you, does really pretty much what you would like them to do, and you don't have an explanation. It's like it would have been easier if he, you know, if he beat me or something like that. Then I could be like, "Oh, look, we over because of this." I don't know if that would but, be easy. <laughs> well, it's easy because you know, I mean, the person yeah. violated me. So, but this person was so nice. I, you know, I just couldn't. It was hard for me to hurt their feelings. Hurt, hurt the person's feelings. That's what it really was about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So this second part of the question, I don't really know if it's a question. It's not necessarily me. It's just thinking from like anybody that could be a single person's perspective because I've never had married worship time. So, <laughs> hey, you said you figured it out. Stop making all them faces. <laughs> trying to think about the kids. And stuff. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, That's pretty cool. You know... I don't even know how to formulate this question. Well, actually, you'll find out the answers to all the questions related to that during premarital courtship. 
Amen, brother. <laughs> I guess I saved those questions. Okay, thank you. In, any other thoughts or questions, either somebody calling in? Do you have them turned up? Anybody calling in? Do you have a thought? We have you turned up, so you can just jump in. I just wanted to say well, one, well, one thing. All right, and, 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 you know, and, and we, you know, we know quite a few people listening and calling in. And so, of course, if you ask a question, depending on what it is, you know, it's, uh, it's for public consumption. But just like we do with Girl Talk and Guy Talk, just think about how somebody else could benefit. They may have the same question. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what's not exposed can't be helped. And in certain stages of your life, it's really not about cover. It's about exposure because exposure is what takes you to an, another level. You know, the adversary wants us to hide. Actually, that's what's affecting relationships now. These couples in the same house hide from each other. So I don't think mine's a question, but um, one of the things I think that I'm learning in my marriage and what I've been sharing with my daughters in love is expectation. Um, we go into relationships with an expectation that the other person is going to meet our needs. And when they don't, that leads to disappointment, bitterness, anger, and some of the things that Zip and Minister Lamar had shared, kind of where they had to go in their relationship to get to a place of, as Zip said, her relationship with God. So putting that expectation on God that I desire, you know, my mate or my husband to, you know, do these things or say these things or however it is that our covenant is supposed to go. But I know that for a lot of my um, single sisters, they have such an expectation of meeting the one and unloading their burdens on that person. And that's kind of hard to go into a relationship with the mindset that someone's going to fix me. Right. And so what I hear you saying and what I love about relationship boot camp is that we kind of put everything on the table to say that's not how we go into a relationship. Right. The relationship that you should be, that we all should be most concerned with is the relationship with God and getting that relationship That's it. right. That's key. Spending time with him, getting to know him and what his heart desires of us. So that when we meet our mate or when we're hooked up with our mate, it's no longer me coming to Ed like, what can you do for me? Right. It's more, how can I serve you? And because I did that for you, what are you gonna do back for me? So we had to get to that place mm -hmm. because I had expectations of, <laughs> okay. I had <laughs> expectations of, you know, doing certain things or, um, and, and expecting things back and, and it wasn't going my way. And I'm like, wait, I'm doing all these things. What are you giving back in return? He's like, what? You're doing those things with the expectation of getting something back. Mm. So where's your heart at in those things? I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm. And so just the transition in my own marriage but, and, and watching my friends up there on the stage, that transition and watching how my sister, as Pastor Mel mentioned, serving mm -hmm. has been a revelation after revelation after revelation. Because what I see in all of the couples is a little bit of everything that I take away and apply to my own life so that I can have my happily ever after with my Boaz. Um, and so I oftentimes, just like I mentioned, encourage my daughters in love and my little sisters that seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm and everything that you desire from a mate to um, a strong covenant, to a partnership, to having your own ride or die, that thing comes. Mm -hmm. But you can't go into it with 
the idea that they know what I need, they're gonna bring everything to me, and yeah. you haven't even unpacked your baggage yet. Remember we had a teaching mm -hmm. about unpacking our baggage. And most of us are carrying these heavy loaded suitcases around with us, waiting for someone to come and take over carrying it for us. But that's not what our mates are for. So I just wanted to share that. That's good. Appreciate that, Tanya. Tanya, that's good because, you know, whether you're in a relationship or wanting to be in a relationship, it has to start with your relationship with God. Because that's where we get the love we need to give to the other person, the patience we need, the temperance we need. I mean, it's all coming from him. And so we can, uh, we, can, we can trick ourselves into thinking that only if the person would straighten up, then I'll be all right. No, that, you're, you're, you know what? That person will get right, but you'll be, you'll be so far behind that, that, that if you would probably disappoint your husband or your wife because they need you to mature, to grow in the Lord, you know. You had a thought, sir? Yeah, he did. Well, I had a thought about uh, Venetia's question. I, I wasn't thinking about the part going in, but I was thinking in, concerning in the marriage, you have to come to a place of contentment uh, before you start growing to really, the Bible talks of the mystery, the two becoming one. And that has to start with a level of commitment, uh, commitment and contentment in order to start growing into that. That's good. Thank you, sir. Uh, hold that thought. Anybody online have a thought? <laughs> you turn them down? Okay, nobody. No chat? Okay. Go ahead, man. Well, I was just going to have a transparent moment because I know we're talking about relationships like single marriage and stuff right now, but um, an area in my life where God had been dealing with me and we kicked it off talking about parenting, but we can actually take that not having expectations into all of our relationships. And so this past level of life, God has been dealing with me with my expectations in a relationship with my kids. Like you expect, like... I'm parenting and take care of you. You're supposed to respect. You're supposed to this. And so actually being at a place of loving your children without getting anything back. Mm. And so I kind of had Zip's attitude like, these kids ain't about to punk me. I'm a parent. <laughs> but when God says, you have to, do you mind going to do that? Instead of get your butt in there and do that now. Like my flesh feels like, mm. They're running over you. But my spirit is like, are you not being an example of what they need to see love is? So that has been like a constant battle. I do think it's preparing me for where I am going to go because I can't just tell my husband, is you going to get out there and fix the car, you know? But, um, <laughs> but it just makes you, you have to have a level of humility. Like, God, I, I, I need to, to be that example that I'm looking for. So loving on your kids without expectation that you gonna be respected, you're gonna talk right, you're gonna do right, you're gonna answer right, it has been a challenge. So I, I really So be a child of God first. Right. Well, well what yeah. you said is so interesting. I, I probably didn't really think about it as much and probably haven't shared it too much, but we operate that way with everybody. So even with each other, like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're husband and wife and, you know, we're married, but 
I ask her to do things, and when she does stuff, I thank her for it. Yeah. All the time. Like, yeah. like not, and I'm not thanking her for it just at a, some type of ritual. It's, I really appreciate her doing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's, she has to do anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a benefit that she cares enough to do whatever she does. Um, and she does the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, and my grandkids, if I asked them to do it, I would ask them to do something and I thank them for doing it. Like, like, it got, you know, maybe it's because it, it could be somewhat because of how I was raised, but whether, whether it was, I've been that way my entire life. Like, I, I, I think everybody should be appreciated for what they do, mm-hmm. no matter how small, no matter how great. And so, actually, that is a, a, I'm glad you're getting that revelation, but the other way of operating, um, all it does is breed resentment. It does. You and know, the because the leader, a leader that's a lorder mm-hmm. and not a leader, uh, yeah, I think me and you were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, go, go back in history. Look at anybody that was a dictator and, and a lorder. There was a coup or assassination or revolt. There was never a positive outcome with that. Go look at the history of parents that have have lorded or dominated their kids. Never a favorable outcome. You know what I'm saying? So so learning to, you know, love people as Christ loves us. God don't even roll in with us like that. Right. You know, so. And sometimes our kids really, and I said this before, is a reflection of how we are with the Father. Mm-hmm. So we have to like, like we have to arrest ourselves when we find ourselves mistreating them or getting mad at them because they're not listening. Well, then we got to ask ourselves as you know, as children of God, God, am I listening to you? You know, am I obe- am I being obedient? Am I being defiant? Right. Am I being all the things that we say to our kids are? Am I being that way with you? Right. And he will show you you, and I'm telling you, he'll 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 if you if you submit to that, you know, because if you you turn a blind eye to it and be like, you know what, look, they need to get themselves together. No, God is using your kids to show, show you, you you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, but, and 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 go ahead. No, what Z said, the the what you get. I mean, I'm only getting the beginning, so I know if I keep on the path, like the outcome is going to be amazing. But just seeing. It's a different, a different outcome. The love feels differently. So, for example, I was very shocked to just have walked in and said, I would appreciate it if everyone could do their chores today. And I turned around and the house looked like, ah. Aww. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. You know, I didn't really know how to take that. It meant a lot to me. Wow. But it was just shocking. I didn't have to come downstairs like, clean the house. It just, it really was different. So I'm appreciating the love on a different level. It's kind of yeah. new. Okay, that's good. Uh, she had something to say. In, any other thoughts before Z comments? Just want to make sure. You had something you want to say? You said you had a thought? Oh. Yeah, I was talking to Harold. I think Harold has a thought. You can go to uh, Trina. Trina first. <laughs> um, that, that gives my, you time to get your thought together. My question is a little different. I'm, it's, it's, it's kind of off topic of what everything y'all kind of been talking about, but going back to the beginning of what Pastor Melanie was talking about earlier, about young people. Uh, bring, about yeah. young people. 
Mm. So um, my question, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm throwing this to uh, Minister Lamar, um, and maybe not. <laughs> but um, so I think about young people as they're violated. And let's say their mind is nowhere near uh, a thought of marriage. They ain't thinking nothing about anything like that. They're not really even thinking about their relationship with God or what it's gonna take to get them out of that mindset of feeling that they're not worthy, to feel that, you know, that um, something happened in, to them in their life. And, 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 and like you were saying, it uh, spins out of control. It changes who you are. Changes who they are mm -hmm. because they see themselves now different. Yes. Although, um, as young people, when they're taken advantage of, surely by an adult or someone older, God does not put the blame on them for anything that they've done or anything that's happened to them, but they don't know that. So I guess my question is, what do you say to young people like that that feel like they're a bad person or that they look at themselves with a false image of who they really are so that they can open their heart to receive the love of God at a very early age in life, not having to wait until they're almost 40 years old and having gone through bad relationships or multiple guys trying to find love, trying to find joy. What do you tell a young person, maybe I would even say the age of 10, 12, to, to stop them early on from, you know, how do you have that conversation or that conversation with them so that they don't go down that road? Mm -hmm. You wanted it from him first. Uh, I'll speak to that after him. Yeah, I'm thinking, I know Zipporah says she hasn't had any type of, um, you know, rough life or anything like that. So I don't know if he can share an experience and, you know, give some feedback on what someone could have said or what you think about today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I can say um, when I was younger, like I dated a whole lot of older women and that put me in a mindset. I've talked to some people that, you know, cause we don't, a lot of times we don't look at a man when a woman takes advantage of a, of a young man, we don't look at that as, as, as anything bad. It's like, oh man, you, you got that older woman, you know? and we pump him up, but it's messing with his mind. You know what I'm saying? If it happens at an early age. Uh, I had a niece um, that was murdered, right? And I just found out last week that her mama's old boyfriend had molested her. And the lifestyle, cause she was, she was only four days, um, um, younger than my daughter. And I used to see her do so much craziness and she was, um, well, she, she was, she was prostituting, but she started prostituting like at 17. And, 
you know, they found her dead on her birthday, which was, she would have been uh, um, 30. But the thing of it is, is that what he did to her caused her to act out a certain way, you know. And, I mean, I know a lot of people that have been uh, molested in some form or another, and it, it does change them. And I think the thing that we have to teach our children at a young age, uh, mainly, what does God say about sex? You know, we, I remember my daughter, we taught her early about people touching her and sex. We had to have that conversation very early. I want to say when she was 10, we had to have that conversation. Um, um, so I think we have to institute God's standards, but we got to watch our children too. We can't be so um, unaware of who, who their friends are, what they're into, what are they doing, where they're going. You know, I'm always amazed when I hear a kid got snatched uh, because growing up, you know, we could play outside, but we had to be in the eyesight of my great-grandma, grandma, or my mama. They had to be able to see us. And we knew that when the, when the light came on, the street light, we had to be in the house. And I recall back years ago, it used to be the news, uh, when it came on, it said, it's 11 o'clock, do you know where your children are? Mm -hmm. So I think as parents, we have to really take it to heart that God has given us the position of stewardship. And we have to take that seriously. And we just can't let everything go because it's a price to pay uh, for letting everything go for the, na for the sake of, 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 of you don't want them, or the kids don't want to be called, or you don't want them to be called, you know, hey, that little church girl, that little church boy, whatever. We have to teach God's standard. And somebody that has gone through that, you, you really have to, um, minister uh, love to them in the right way so they will understand how, how love is really what love is, really is and not the act of having sex is love. So, so if I could piggyback, uh, what would you say to a child, because that was your thing, not when they've gone through life and went through all the boyfriends and stuff like that. Um, what I would do is I would, first off, let them know that what happened was not their fault. Um, so many people deal with shame and guilt because depending on the experience, if they felt anything, because think about it, uh, the body is designed to have sensation. And so sometimes the child may experience sensation. And so they feel kind of like, well, wait a minute, what just happened to me was violating me, but I liked it, or it felt good. So you let the person know, you know, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything to cause this. That is so vitally important, because I'm telling you, if someone would have talked to me, and he said this too, um, pay attention to your kids. When they start to withdraw, when they start to um, act different, the, those are, you, you, it, you're picking up something. Don't just ignore that. And, and sometimes parents can be so busy, they don't pay attention. So what I would say is let them know it's not your fault. Number two, I think I would also say, um, let's talk about it. 
let's talk about, like I would break down the whole, uh, what, how God intended sex to be, uh, uh, how this wasn't of God, and that um, God's, it, it wasn't that God didn't love you that this happened. It happened because evil was in the world. Like I'd have to break down the whole thing about Adam and Eve and how, how come, because people, people always have the question, well, if God is who he is, why did he call, why did he allow that? You know what I'm saying? So I would walk them through that just so that they can understand. It's not like God turned back his, his eyes away from you. You know, for whatever reason, somehow, honey, I don't even know how, but somehow he's going to make this work out for good. And it might be that you stand up and tell someone you can get through this. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, but I would, I would, I would definitely let them know, hey, about the whole sin stuff. I would talk about that. Um, and then I would, I would open up, you know, the child and say, listen, as you go through life, I'm going to, I'm going to check on you from time to time. Not, hey, come to me if you have any issues. See, what happens is we, 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 we tell the child, hey, if you have any, you want to talk about it, you come on and talk to me about it. That child ain't going to come to you and talk about it because they're already dealing with the shame and the guilt. So it's better for us to go to them and say, hey, I'm going to check on you from time to time because I care about what happened to you. And I want to know how you're processing things. So next month, uh, uh, maybe once a quarter, you know what I'm saying. She's gonna, she's, she or he is going to get used to having dialogue about it so that now it's not something that you sweep under the carpet and you forget about it. You understand what I'm saying? Because chances are it's still in there. It's depressed. That person has depressed it. If you think about a lot of the tragedies that's happened in our lives, no one really walks us through how to deal with it. And so, you know, talking to them, you know, letting them know that you're there, uh, reassuring them that it's not your fault, you know, reassuring them about, you know, bad things happen to good people because we live in a sinful world. So all of those things is, is important to, to, to really, uh, you know, minister to your child if that happens. And I, I like what he said, too, um, you know, have those kind of conversations before, like, you know, uh, you know, telling your kids, hey, make sure no one touches you in these private areas. Point out what the private areas are so they are full aware. Because, see, the predator, see, the predator is sneaky. And he grooms and he tries to do his sneaky little things under your armpit. You know, putting his arms around your armpit, having you sit on the lap. I mean, there's all kinds of little things that the predator does to reel you in. And so you have to really uh, teach them, you know, and as a dad, as a father, this is, this is so important. As a father, you're a man, so you know. But then, hey, it's not just men, it's women too. So, you, so we as women, you, you know, we can figure out ways. So you have to be totally transparent and honest with your children. And because and, uh, we live in a simple world and we got to educate them. So the only thing I would add is, uh, well, I'll add a couple things, but the, the love piece is most important. Mm -hmm. but, but when you're having a, when someone's in a situation, the first and foremost, the person that's going to get blamed is the person that they need to, to heal and to be whole, and that's God. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so it's one getting, you know, because the reality is 
when this happens, someone's imparted a certain spirit. So that's why you have people doing wild and particular things, or as my wife said, they have certain appetites. So you, you, it's just like if somebody's on drugs, they take them through a detox, mm-hmm. and they, 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 they have to give them something to flush it out. So that appetite and that spirit has to be flushed out, and that takes God. Yeah. So there's, the Bible says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. A child that is 10 is not at the age of accountability where they actually have the, the level of authority That's in the true. spirit realm mm-hmm. to bind and loose anything. Mm-hmm. So, so that person hopefully can bind and loose whatever's been attached to that person. That per, hopefully that person's in a position to anoint that child. You know, to, to, to again, burden, removing, yoke, destroying, mm-hmm. power of God. Then, of course, the third thing would be love. Love covers a multitude of sins. So, again, it's just like, this is not being insensitive, but this is a fact. Like, just like if you're taking on sugar or soda pop, well, you can't just stop drinking soda if you're used to it. But if you start drinking water, your appetite shifts and changes because water is what you were designed to have to quench your thirst. Mm-hmm. So you don't try to stop drinking soap. You drink water. Same thing. You start to feed that child with the word and to flush out the wrong appetite. That's good. You know, because that, and when you flush in that word and that love and that presence of God, that'll help that child, number one, to forgive the, the off perception that God caused it. Two, forgiving whoever did it to him, because if, as long as you don't forgive that person, you're attached to that to same that. poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you want to teach them to, to release that particular person. And this is the thing. I understand the angle of good things happening to bad people, but God set a certain um, standard of principles. Like, even in this earth realm, there's a lot going on here. You got uh, COVID out here, right? But God put us in charge of this earth realm. And so, so I always liken it to when we leased our house to, our, to my son. When we went in Ohio, we didn't just walk in that house. Matter of fact, there was times where we had to meet at a restaurant because maybe they didn't clean the house or something, but we could not come to the house. We were the owners, but they had the authority. And they're there were things that happened in that house. There was damage that happened to this house. Not to be negative, it all worked out. We sold a house. But I'm just saying that we didn't cause, but we're the owners. But we gave the responsibility to them. The responsibility in this small part of God's total creation has been given to us. And within this creation, there's families that God gave parents stewardship. And sometimes the parents don't know how to be parents. Sometimes they don't know how to create boundaries. Look at what we're dealing with right now. You have some wonderful people in this room, wonderful people watching, and they haven't established boundaries for their life. A child will show up in their household and, and, and they're rolling like it's all good. They know the, the wife has told this husband that just something about this person you're hanging out with, I'm just not feeling. The person is, we've been frat boys or whatever, back when we were kids, they carried that person mm-hmm. all the way in their life, that's the person mm-hmm. that violated. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the person that was hanging with them knew they had a lust challenge, mm-hmm. 
forever. They just didn't know how far they was going to go with it. But God will get the blame for that. Mm -hmm. The person is not saying, I want to bring this person around to do this. They're not understanding boundaries are important in every aspect of our life because mm -hmm. it doesn't just affect us. Right. Right. And so you got to forgive people for that too. But we don't went like to the top tier and we've skipped maybe people that were naive, people that hadn't matured yet, people that hadn't grown yet, people that weren't prepared yet. And so that's why God has to work it out for good. Not because he wanted it to happen or he neglected anybody. He's entrusted this earth realm and these families to men and women of God. That's why the scripture says creation is groaning and travailing, waiting for the manifestation of, of the sons, sons of God. God. That's right. right. Some of us have had accidents. Are we evil? We weren't locked in and focused at that particular time. We allowed ourselves to be clouded, right? And so God is going to get the blame for that too. But we, we, we made a compromising choice. Some of us are exposing our kids to stuff right now. We're not trying to be evil. We're just not paying attention. Mm -hmm. That's good. Right. So, so hopefully that answered somewhat your question. That, that did answer my question. Thank you all. Um, I, it, you know, it just makes me think about even though I asked the question about young uh, people or young children that are not even considering marriage, not even considering their life or their mm -hmm. future in terms of their relationship with God. But then when I take it forward to where we are today in this day and time with so many people that have been hurt, that didn't have that person to sit down with them, to talk to them, to tell them it wasn't their fault. And they went through that world spin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we encourage them? How do we encourage well, them? I think it's the really... same principle, Trina. Every, everything, right. else we, everything that we listed is the same right. way. Exactly. The interesting thing, it's at a level where, like, all, with men it is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. And God has been sending, this is the tough part, God has been sending help labors for the harvest for years for every level of, 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 of what we've gone through. And so you have stories up here. You have people that's been molested, people that's been abused in relationships, uh, you know, people that's almost died <laughs> sitting here talking to you um, through a lot of these situations and people that were very bitter. I'm sitting here allowed to serve you guys because God sent laborers and he was sending them long before I listened mm -hmm. to the people that affected my change. I look back on my life, and there was so many windows of opportunity to embrace God as my Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to heal me. He was trying to love on me. But just like the scripture says, Jesus came, unto his, came to his own, and they received him not. Plenty of people came to me, and I didn't receive them because I was uh, indoctrinated with so much, well, one, hate, unforgiveness, but also in, in these warped philosophies, like what he was saying, you know, uh, like the standard was how many women you had or when did you have sex? You ain't had sex yet? You know, like that, you know, that was the, I was indoctrinated with so much stuff in the, and I also was indoctrinated like the God stuff is not legit. Like everybody in the God world is deceptive. Mm -hmm. 
everybody is trying to steal from you. And, and I was, the people I was raised with, that their pastor actually, they took them to court. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm young. I'm still at their house, so obviously it was before, you know, either high school or even, even before high school, they was taking them to court. So that's where I got preachers take your money. Because they, they gave them all their money. You know, but it wasn't preachers take your money. That, that man that was supposed to be responsible for those people as a pastor took their money. Mm-hmm. That individual. And there's other individuals out here taking money, lying and cheating and being deceptive. Those are individuals. We can't wrap them all in one, one basket. Mm-hmm. So even the people that are, are, are exploiting folk, right now we just did the teaching on sexuality's voice. Trina, that's why. Because if we keep blurring the boundaries yeah. and plan off of sexuality, yeah. there's going to be a whole lot more mm-hmm. uh, uh, cases. I, I, maybe I didn't say it tonight, but it's, it's, it's in our notes. I don't know if we're going to talk about this Sunday, but only a fool thinks they can control lust. Yes. Only a fool. And we live in a society that people actually think you can control lust. Mm-hmm. And so they're opening the, 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 the gateways to lust. And it's going to be a whole lot of crazy situations because without those boundaries and plan off of God and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we can only abuse our, each other. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like what I hear you saying, too, is that we really have to encourage them to embrace the love of God for Absolutely. their life. Yes. Absolutely. They can and be a reflection of it, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And forgive is huge. Yes. I mean, that's a big, because it releases them, not the person. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I, I just want to say this, with the, these different movements that are going on for different alternate lifestyles, rights, we have to really be careful because the spirit of, um, uh, what's it, uh, what's, uh, what do you call it, child minister, uh, promise, promiscuity. Promiscuity. Promiscuity, promiscuity is, is heavy now. And also the spirit of pedophilia. You know, yeah. in California, just passed a bill that you could have sex now with a 13-year-old. No. What does a 13-year-old know to make a decision like that? Yeah. So, and you will, you will see these things. If you pay attention, mm-hmm. that, that spirit is becoming more yeah, rampant. It and is. it's tied up all in these other things. And so if you can say, well, I was born like this, that's and that's saying. why uh, um, uh, I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman, but I'm in a man's body, I was born like this. So what's, what's the flip of that? Mm-hmm. Or even, it's not even too extreme. I well, like little kids. I like kids, mm-hmm. you know, and I was born like this. So pay attention, pay attention, guard your, your, your family. I mean, because that spirit is heavy in the world today. Yeah. All right, any other closing thoughts before we leave? Oh, I got it. He was the young fella. Learn today. Oh, okay. Somebody in the chat? She said no. All right, so you, he could, said no. So, so you could bring the mic up here. And if, are they, are they calling in? Are they going to speak? Or they just want the chat communicated? Okay, somehow it didn't come up, so ask them what the question is, and then we'll talk about it. Um, what I got was when you told them, I'm like, people should be acknowledged for the little things that they do. Because I, I, do me a favor, say it over. And, say it loud. And, and have the mic close so we yeah. can hear you. Um, what I got was like what you said to my mom, you said like people should be acknowledged for the little things that they do. I feel like if I do that like with my brothers, because around the house it's like, 
people know me as my like my mama know me as the more responsible one. So when it comes down to stuff, it's like I always push my brothers. I like yell at them, not just like say it like, oh, can you like please do this? I just like do it, do it, do it. So I just feel like if I do that, then it will help my relationship with my brothers. That's what I. Are you from. faded out at the end? So you, if you do that, what? If I do that, I feel like it will help my relationships with my brothers more. Oh, if you do what she uh, demonstrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I good. agree with you 100%. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know you was doing that at the house. <laughs> as uh, the chat. The, I think. What? She got it. Hope got it. Hope got it. Go ahead, Hope. Um, somebody actually had commented earlier, but the way they put it, I could see that somebody could receive it as a question. Um, they said, how can we operate as a couple if your spouse is not willing to let go of past mistakes? Mm. Put a period and not like a question mark, so. Okay, no, but, but, but it's, it's still like a, a good point. Yeah. It's, it's, so so we, we talked about this. It seemingly seems like it's difficult if someone doesn't let go, go of past mistakes. Um, but when we talked about being content with God first, so, so the thing about God is you're, you're not necessarily impatiently waiting on this person to get it. You know what I mean? Like, let's say if I need the person to uh, forget the things that are behind me, like the Scripture says. So there's nothing wrong with communicating that initially, but after that, you have to intercede and pray. Mm -hmm. You have to intercede and pray and then you have to display what you desire. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we think our, our road to changing people is to be what they are. You know what I mean? So in other words, if a person doesn't forget nothing, so I'm not going to forget nothing. And the Lord got on me. Like, it was something she was doing in early in the marriage. I forgot what it was. So what I started doing is, oh, it was something that was bothering her, but it never bothered me in my life. So I started being bothered by the same thing. And I said, well, I'm sure you don't care because you're bothered all the time. And the Holy Spirit said, stop treating your wife like a child. That, what he told me was, that does not bother you. Mm. So why are you making it seem like it bothers you just to affect her? Mm -hmm. um, he says, you're taking it in your own hands. You're not trusting me. You're not interceding, not praying for the eyes of that person's understanding to be enlightened. God gave us tools. You could pray for that person's eyes of their understanding be enlightened. You can trust God to reveal to them through situations and circumstances outside of your control. I'll tell you this. A tight relationship with God, the Holy Spirit covers you. In any situation, you could talk to the person. They'd be like, you tripping this, that, and the other. And that person will walk away, mm -hmm. hear from God, and come back or be in a situation mm -hmm. that they see. We were in a situation where we were having a, um, a serious discussion, and I won. Like, I won the conversation. <laughs> I got in the car, and the Holy Spirit said, you know, you're wrong, right? I said, no, 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 she already agreed. We, we good. We don't even need to talk about this. He said, no, no, you're wrong. And you need to go back and tell him. So I got back home, and I said, well, babe, even though you agreed with me, the Holy Spirit told me you were correct, and I was wrong. And she told me something. She says, you know what? The fact that you went away, you had won the conversation. And you, and, and you listened to God, came back and told me that, I know I can trust you. No matter what, I trust that you will at least reverence and hear from God. 
And you know, there's times <laughs> where in my, within myself, and I'm just being honest with you, and I'm sure you mm. probably are aware, but if I know that I won, <laughs> there were times I felt like he wasn't, he didn't have the strength to come back and say, hey, you were right. But this is what I, I trusted on uh, and depended on was that God still had my back. Like, I really believe that no matter what, he going to get them. <laughs> it's almost like, sick them. No, I'm just teasing. It's almost like, you know, eventually, whether he says something or not, I'm trusting that God is going to do what he does. And, and, and the Holy Spirit will convict them. And if I, if I never get, I'm sorry. If I never get, you know, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I really was, I did, I, I, I was in error here. I really believe that God is going to fix that situation. So I give it to God. And I say, oh, God, you, you got this. You got this. I'm going to take my hands off of the situation and then just allow you to minister. Because sometimes we think that, get them, get them, get them. But remember I talked about uh, with parenting, you don't want to break a child's spirit. You don't want to break a person. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is gentle with us. And so he won't just like, you know, put a gavel down and just like you're sentenced to hell or whatever, you know, a life in hell or whatever. No, he's gentle in the way he does things. He's very patient. He's loving. Uh, he gives a person time to repent and to turn away from their wicked ways. So it's once I release it, hey, I trust that the Holy Spirit will minister whatever he needs to do, whether it's him or anybody else for that matter. Um, Let me just offer one other thing mm -hmm. because the, the other piece to somebody constantly bringing up the past or not letting it go, mm -hmm. one, once you breach trust, yeah. it's hard mm -hmm. um, because their person probably had, was so open and then they trusted you, you breached trust, it's hard. And so your consequence is maybe it might take that person a while to let it go. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you may not realize involuntarily you have flare-ups. So your flare-ups is, is reminding or triggering what has happened before. Then the other thing is if you're in a situation where a person is not forgetting the past, you with your relationship with God, God will help you to have patience to actually love that person despite yeah. them not letting it go. Right. And your love will override uh, their fears and their insecurity because of what has happened before. I want to add one other piece. Whatever happens in our life, we don't necessarily have control over who did what to us, but we do have control of how we react and respond to it. We can't change them, but we can change us. And when we begin to get that revelation, we take back power. See, if, 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 if I say, well, I'm unhappy because you're, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not, you know, I've now given my, my, uh, my uh, power and placed it in another man's hands. And now I'm actually saying, in order for me to be uh, uh, fulfilled, you gotta do it. Now, more, that, more that, than God. that's a horrible thing, because here's the thing. 
it may be a tall order for anybody to do. So rather than just saying and, and giving the, the assignment or giving the job over to someone who now is responsible for your happiness, that's a dangerous thing. You done gave that person too much power. More power so, than God. So, exactly. So the goal is, is to take back your choice, take back your power, and don't give it to somebody and expect them to, to the only way I'm going to be happy is if you do A, B, C, D, and F. And, and, and that's, that's, that's not even realistic, but we do it all the time. We do it all the time. So we got to take back our choices. We got to take back the power because we can change. We, we, can, we can't change them, but we can change how we handle the situation. All right, it's good. That's, uh, unless we have another thought or from anybody online, that's all we have for tonight. I know we went a, a little over. A little over. Um, thank you for your participation, too. Thank you. For, this was, and thank you all. You have, you have another you have thought? thought? I just had one more thing. And Pastor Melanie, thank you for bringing it back to my remembrance. Um, you were talking about love and, um, and how you changed some things, Venetia, with your children. I want to say that the, the, most, the thing that helped me the most was Survival Kit, mm -hmm. uh, Master Life Cross, Discipleship Cross, because the change that you want the person, you, that you want the person to make, that change begins with you. Mm -hmm. And so it started me to start looking at myself and what I'm missing. Because, you know, my scripture, um, any man that wants to follow me, deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me. I might have said it wrong. But because um, it's something about when I have to say it. I mean, we recite scriptures every morning. But I'm saying that to say that took me from looking at him. And I looked at myself because I was committed to God and I wanted more of God. So this love thing, it is so important, you all, mm -hmm. because we are called to go forth and tell all ye nations and how you're gonna do that if you don't get it right in your household. Yeah, amen. Amen, sister. That was good. <laughs> no, that's good, that's good. Uh, now with Survival Kit from the discipleship class and the Master Life, the Disciples Cross, that was the first book that we went through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll be going back around those books. We're at four now, but we'll be going back around. But we'll just pick, pick up where you're at. Yeah. Pick up where we're at and go from there. 915. All right. Sunday. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So hold on. Before he does this one last thing, uh, nah. Uh, this is the offer. Yeah, so if you're online and still led to give, uh, they'll put the giving information up. We'll do our offering for the day. And then uh, while you're talking. Okay. So uh, in the beginning, y'all were talking about the player. And then y'all was talking about the women. I guarantee you that the player has been molested or messed with. I guarantee you that that loose woman, whatever you want to call it, community sure. stuff, that they have been messed with. And a lot of times, I, I think we as people sometimes, we'll see it in a child and we'll say, oh, that's cute, they did such and such. But that's not cute, that's something there and that's what we have to pay attention to. But the ministry is there and when you see people like that, 
the 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 player guy, uh, the loose woman. You know, it's a reason for them being like that. Mm-hmm. Or the child, you know, you or the child see doing the yeah, child stuff. is touchy feely and right. all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Root cause. Yeah. 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 All right, well, let's pray. Um, Thank you guys for your time, attention, and questions. Mm -hmm. 